Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Metcalf, founder of X-Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. How often do you find yourself in the weeds when preparing a piece of communication, whether it's internally or with customers or investors? Perhaps you find yourself offering fact after fact and perhaps running out of time uh, to actually tie them together. Uh, Sometimes you might receive feedback that your communication isn't strategic enough, perhaps it's too long, and so perhaps it's not serving you in the best way. And so today we want to get into uh, the question of how can we uh, get out of the weeds and convey the insights that really add value to the people that we're speaking with, as I say, whether it's customers, staff, or investors. And that's what we're going to talk to, uh, about today. I have um, Davin Stanley uh, again with me as usual. Uh, and it's episode four of season five uh, of, the, uh, of the podcast. And the, the subject is from ideas to impact. That's what we're really trying to look at here. And so, Dav, it's great to have you and looking forward to hearing your wisdom on this, uh, on this topic. Oh, thanks, Richard. Great to be back again. I always enjoy our conversations. Well, we, we've, um, we were just joking before we started that, um, that we, we, we're always trying to find the, the chit-chat to, to have as, as we kind of get into it and to get us into the zone. And uh, we, we, we mustn't keep talking about the weather. But I want to keep talking about the weather because it's raining in Sydney and it's actually a lovely <laughs> spring morning here in Paris. So I think the tides are turning, right? We're coming out of winter. And... Um, you know, you are showing me your phone with all the rain and clouds on the on the yes, screen. Yes, we've got a week of rain coming, although I have to say I, I do choose my weather app according to the weather forecast that I like the best. And, and this week, there's not much of a choice. It's um, 90% chance of rain tomorrow, 80% Friday, 100% on Saturday, and then not improving much. It's just rain I, every day. I just thought Sydney was this so, amazing, you know, beach life. And it is. Bronzed and, you know, sun from dawn till dusk so so true so true you're going to be sued by the sydney tourist development board i think for you know telling everybody the real the real truth about the story yeah (gasps) somebody said to me when we i don't know if i should say this having well let's see um when we look we moved to sydney somebody said to me oh that's all very well if you like rain and cockroaches that's a bit (laughs) crude isn't it it's terrible but no i think what happens in sydney is when it rains it really rains and you get a batch of it and then it goes away And, um, you know, even though every day it apparently, according to the weather app, it's it's going to rain. My observation is that it gets very pessimistic and then then it does ease off. So I've already been out for a walk today for a good hour and hour. I've been outside for a good hour and hour and a half today and had a lovely Mm. walk. So right down by the water and it was stunning. So um, I think it's well. So let's get on to um, ideas to impact. So what are we talking about today, Dav? We are talking about top down thinking. 
and the difference between top-down thinking and top-down hierarchy. I think sometimes people confuse that and they think of top-down, they think of perhaps somebody at a senior level in an organization talking down to the rest or feeding Mm. ideas, cascading ideas down through an organization. Whereas that's when I think about top-down thinking, I think about it in a very different context. I think about it um, in terms of the way ideas are arranged Okay. Uh, particularly when communicating, but also uh, within a piece of communication, I mean, but also when solving problems. I think of it in both of those settings, although we're talking particularly about the communication aspect of that in the conversations we've been having here. So, okay, um, so we're going to so we're going to um, look at um, you know how does top down thinking help us right in communicating ideas yes. with impact. So, yes, how, exactly. so, so, so where do we go? How do we? How do you want to take this? What are, mm-hmm. what's the mm-hmm. What's the format? Well, I think there are three things that I'd love to cover off on. And firstly, I thought it'd help just to talk a bit more about what top-down thinking means and what that's all about, because some people will know, but I think some people won't. It's quite a foreign concept to a lot of people. Um, And secondly, you know, just give you some techniques for helping you create perspective and direction. And that's really about looking from the top down, but then also thinking about, well, how can you bob up and down through the details? So it's, it's one thing to know what it is. It's one thing to know how to actually look top down but then it's another to say well how do we then come bottom up how do we do both of those things Mm. which we need to do how do we bob up and down through our thinking hierarchy to create something really powerful okay well let's let's jump in so pop down thinking so Mm -hmm. um i guess i've got my view on what that is but tell me what's your definition you know what's what's top down thinking and, and how does it differ from i guess it might be bottom up thinking Yeah, yeah, I use both of those things together. And so top-down thinking is where you start with the big picture and then you work down into the details. And so when you're crafting a piece of communication, you might um, start with some high-level concepts and then fill them in with the detail. And um, bottom-up thinking is when you start with the detail and tie them together and synthesize them up. So layer by layer, perhaps up towards the top of the hierarchy. And those two techniques, I think, come together, or two concepts come together quite beautifully when preparing communication. And um, it's a concept that I learned a lot about, I guess, when I was in management consulting, but um, it there were two sort of pivotal points for me in my career, which has sort of stuck with me all along that is, is, I think, really helped me use these ideas and or motivate me more. So firstly was an example when I, way before I joined McKinsey, before I knew what management consulting was, I remember working with somebody who was my boss and he was the head of corporate affairs at a you know, a a chemical company. And we were sitting in a meeting with the team and he just got to the whiteboard and he drew this picture, which really captured the essence of this really complicated concept that he wanted us all to understand. And I remember my breath being taken away thinking, wow, I've never seen anybody do that before. And I was in my early twenties, I was Mm -hmm. young. And so I'd never seen anything like that before. I thought that was just so clever. And I thought, my gosh, I wonder how on earth he does that. I want to be able to do that. That is so cool. And so that was that sort of one memory that I have that was quite formative mm. and I suppose inspiring and, you know, just sort of parked it away to think, gosh, how do you, how do you do that? And then, you know, fast forward a few years and I was in my uh, first team meeting when I was at McKinsey and in my role, I was helping consultants and I was then, this was in this instance was my first time being staffed to a team, to a consulting team. And that was quite a big deal 
to be able to do that. And so I was there and I'd done all my analysis for the communication strategy that we thought this client needed to develop. And I had screeds and screeds of tables of, you know, in these settings, these people need this information mm. and I'd color coded and it was magnificent, right? And it had taken quite some time to prepare and was terribly thorough. And I remember, and I will never forget the fellow's face, um, you know, sitting down with my team, proud as punch, you know, just never having been in one of these team meetings before. Mm. I'd done all the training, but hadn't been in one of these meetings before. And so he just asked me, so, you know, what was my update? And I started talking through all the detail that I had, you know, all, all of the research I'd done. Wow. And, um, and he just cut me dead, you know. He just, that wasn't what he wanted at all. He wanted to know what all that meant and maybe one page and what the plan was. And I was just, oh, my gosh how do I get out of all this detail and get to that high level? Mm. So I think, you know, those two very contrasting memories have mm. been quite powerful for me because they've just given me that experience of, oh, it's a great idea to do that top-down thing, but gee whiz, how do you actually do it? And um, I think, you know, when you're in that position and you feel that discomfort, the pain doesn't yeah. go away very quickly. That was many years ago now. Yeah, I so can still, still remember it. Mm. So, so what's the so what's the takeaway from from this, right? So there's mm. these, these these two different ways in the light bulb. Mm. You know, what do we? How do we? You know, how do we apply that? Mm. How do you apply it? So, I think um, firstly, work top down first of all. So, whenever you're preparing a piece of communication, have a structure that you can use, and we use a thing called a storyline, where you have a really short introduction, a single idea, and then supporting points underneath. So we draw it like a tree. But before we get to thinking about what actually goes on the page, the first thing we do is say, right, well, what's our purpose? What do we actually want to achieve here? So, um, you know, as a result of this communication, I want my audience to know, think or do what? Get very, very clear about that. And then think, well, who, who is my audience? And really understand that and understand where they're coming from and what their issues are and take some time to work that out. Now, the reasons we do that is so that we can work out, you know, the sorts of things we need to convey. Um, I just want to say on that, that kind of key, the key outcome, it's quite interesting. I spoke with somebody yesterday who was wanting to communicate with their chief executive, in fact. And uh, I asked what they what their, what their outcome, you know, what they really wanted to communicate. And actually, they kind of got it a bit off, I think. Like, mm -hmm. Well, I want to kind of like, um, I want to align, you know, align around, you know, our productivity approach. Thing. Okay. And so, and so I was like, well, that's kind of like what that's the outcome kind of, but what do you actually want to communicate to generate that outcome? So what's yes. the one thing you want them to remember from the communication? Yes. So I think, you know, there is the kind of the final outcome, but then there is the, what's the one nugget that you want them to have, which is most likely to generate that outcome. And Correct. that's where we move from this kind of, oh yeah, it's not about alignment. It's about them understanding this. And then that became yes. much more tangible and concrete. Yes. And I think moving from the abstract to the concrete is, is really important. And thinking about that purpose statement, oh. you know, it's, it was a bit of a light bulb for a client of mine last week, actually, where, you know, they had um, prepared a story that just missed the point completely. Oh. And partly because they'd tried to write that purpose statement into the document oh. and make that the message. Yeah. I said, but actually, that's what you want to achieve as a result of exactly. your communication. That's not what's going to actually achieve that outcome. We need to think about what message will achieve that 
outcome. And they were quite at odds and they were working in politics too. So there's, you know, quite a a lot of subtlety and nuance required to to achieve that outcome. And that's, I guess, part of the journey of really understanding your audience and getting very, very good at, you know, finding out what their issues are and what matters to them. So I will explore my, my little case study in a second, but mm. before we go on to the next, your, your next mm. point. So we, we've got mm, this mm, kind of understanding mm. of what top-down thinking is. So then, mm, yeah, mm. What, how, what does that help And with? then, okay, so I think firstly, in a practical sense, once you've clarified what we call the strategy, so your purpose mm-hmm. and audience, and then that helps give you the, the sort of cannon fodder, if you like, to build the story mm-hmm. and work out what sorts of things need to go in your story that you map out in a pretty structured sort of a way. You know, that's, that's great. But um, – you can start with your top-down architecture and do that quite early. And so when we're thinking about bobbing up and down between the hierarchy, I think this is where we start Mm -hmm. to get practical. So step one, as early as you can, map out a skeleton of what you think that story might look like, you know, a little introduction, where it comes from, one thought, and then some, you know, skeletal points that would sit underneath. And you, you don't necessarily have the detail at that early stage. And I think it's really fine to think, well, I think this is what the messaging should be. Mm-hmm. I think at this early stage, that's what the answer might be. Yeah. This might be effective, but it's a hypothesis. It's not necessarily the full thing. And you might be just using phrases, not full sentences. So do that early just to anchor your thinking right? And then you'll do some analysis. It might be that you just leave it in a drawer for a day or two or Mm -hmm. go and do some other work for a while and then come back so that, you know, your subconscious brain can do some work, which why not? You know, if your brain can do some work for you without you consciously having to make it work, great. You know, do that and then um, perhaps do your analysis and come in and start to fill in the gaps and fill in the detail and and work Mm -hmm. out, you know, well, Do we have material to fill in all of these gaps, all of these sections of the story that we think we need? If we don't, great, the skeleton can guide. We can go and get them perhaps and see if the the information we find supports our idea or not. And so in that case, then we can sort of fill it from the bottom up and test and see whether those ideas align. So, you know, we we would then revisit by looking at it top down and see if it all hangs together and then look at the details and say, well, do these things really represent the high level messages? And you're sort of iterating between that top down, bottom up, sort of um, the two different ways of thinking. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think um, my experience has been, yeah, getting that, that single message as juicy as possible is really important, right? So just because it's a high level, it doesn't have to be vague and bland. In fact, it should oh, it must know, it can be it can be very specific and 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 juicy, right? And also at different levels, mm. right? You know, you say you know mm. it can just be a yeah, the message can be. Um, I was working with a some finance a finance uh, CFO, and you know, I was like, well, you know, um, you know, you can report on you can report on the numbers, you can report on the um, the implications of the numbers, or you can report on the business impact or recommendations based on that and you know that's playing a higher level absolutely yes yes and and then and then the other thing that i I noticed is that um so with this person trying to communicate with this their their chief executive we're actually debriefing on a situation where it hadn't gone that well and actually the chief executive pushed back with some uh like where's the um where's the historic data like let's look at the trend and he was like i was no i couldn't understand why on earth he'd want to see the trend data and why did to. he want to see the trend and, data? Well, so when we went back and we mapped out, like, well, let's just do this. What would the communication strategy have been? But like, what actually is the key message? And then, well, what would your supporting points need to be to justify your key message? 
Exactly. For me, it was pretty obviously that like you needed to show that his first point was, you know, like productivity is is on track. Well, for it to be on track, you have to have a benchmark. So you have to look at historic data to see if it's on track. So yes, yes. it was it kind of came out by doing this this hard work, Plenty. if you like, of, of yeah. the thinking. No, that's right. And look, there's some really great tools that you can use to help work that through as well. And one that all consultants use, which is, you know, the reason all consultants talk about it is that it's so incredibly powerful. And that's MECE, um, M-E-C-E, which stands for Mutually Exclusive, Collectively Exhaustive. Or if you were at some other consulting firms, it might be Mutually Exclusive, covers everything. Same acronym, same meaning. And, and sort of as a concept, you say, okay, well, what does that mean? Well, when I look at the communication each idea is distinctly separate there's no overlap that that's great covers everything or collectively exhaustive okay what does that mean what mean that's actually the hardest test of all but that's where the top down piece becomes really powerful because you say okay how do i know if this covers everything well basically am i answering the right question that's mm. really the tool to use to work out whether you're covering everything and um that question that we we pose at the start of our communication so then we can answer it as a single sentence and then unpack it um you know that's that's a tool that's very sort of um well it's it's incredibly powerful to work out whether we've covered everything or not Yeah. yeah so i think um you know top down bottom up and just being really conscious of iterating between the two of them and doing a top down pass toward the end of the work when you're sort of thinking am i finished yet go top down and just check that everything hangs together and there are no gaps that it is you know the ideas are mutually exclusive and collectively exhaustive okay. and and think about it as an idea a set of ideas not as a document mm. and i think that's very helpful in that process too I think that's right. I think playing with the ideas and getting clear on that, mm. you know, it's, I guess it's, it's me, it's my idea of strategic laziness. If you get the ideas right, you don't have to yes. write that much. <laughs> yeah. In fact, it's better. You know, I worked with somebody this week and they're, they're in an audit team and we were actually using something he'd done previously as an exercise. And he had a five page PowerPoint that he'd prepared and we had a look at it and we said, okay, well, let's just go back to first principles. Let's work through the process and see what we come up with and see how it compares. And then you can, you can have a, a ref, you know, reflect and see, see the difference. And um, we, we did this thing and I said, okay, so we've got our story and we've got one idea and we've got four points underneath. So we need a title page and a background page and we need one overarch, our story, like a bit of an executive summary. And then we need a page for each of these sections. So four more pages. So that's seven, seven pages. And he looked at it and he said, couldn't we just use the one pager that we built? Could, could we just not use that? Wouldn't that have done it? And I went, actually, I think that'd be really better. I think that'd be great. I just assumed you wanted charts and things to go with. And he said, well, I don't think we need that. Do you? I said, no. No, I think one page, page is fine. A, I think once yeah. you've got your clear, thinking clear on one page, for me, it's actually much more powerful. You put the one page in front of the person yes. and yes. on the slide, and then yes. you rely on your own personal credibility and knowledge to, uh, to have a conversation. So it becomes... a it becomes more credible and, and rather than just like, I'm going to bash you over the head with my huge slide deck. 
Oh, absolutely. But also I think it's credibility and confidence. I think the very fact that you've got your thinking on a page gives you the confidence, which then gives you the credibility. But also there's no harm in having one or two charts with you just to support key points mm. or call out. I think that's that's a really useful strategy. And, you know, the very first time I started working with this method, many years ago now, with, with a client in a, in a retail organization, and um, we built some ideas, put them on a page, and she said, well, I'm going to take those. I've got a meeting with the CEO next week and I'll just sit down and talk them through with him. I think I'll just take the page with me. I thought, oh, great idea. And so she did and sat down and I remember her, I realized this is a podcast. So I'll have to describe what he did rather than, you know, illustrate with my fingers. But she was sitting opposite a table with the CEO on the other side and he literally just got her page and put his fingers on it and twip, you know, sw- twiddled it around so that it was you know they could both read it if you like it so it was yeah. sort of sideways and and he he just looked at it and could follow and they were able to have a really great conversation because mm. they just had that one piece of paper between them and you know everything had had a place so i think working visually on a single page is really powerful when you're wanting to mm. marry that top down and bottom up sort of thinking mm. and have, you know, have the good conversation yeah really so, so i know I know time is kind of ticking on. So is there anything else that you think would be important for us to kind of weave into today's discussion around top-down thinking? I think I'd, I'd put one of my, my hobby horses out there, which is to focus on that um, one page, whether that one page mm. is on a whiteboard or you showed me one earlier that's on a Zoom whiteboard, you know, where a storyline is built. You know, focus on getting that thinking architecture right, focusing on that architecture of the ideas. And once that's clear, then work out how you communicate it. Don't, don't mm. obsess about creating a document or a PowerPoint or filling a template or something like that. Um, obsess about getting the thinking right and then, you know, work out what you need because I think you'll need a document a lot less often than you than you might might expect mm, perfect okay so um yeah so I think it's been it's been a really interesting discussion right because we you know we, we've looked at this power of top-down thinking the way that it creates um kind of perspective and direction for the whole communication and of what you know actually helps us anticipate the needs of the other the other people um and then uh, you know, this idea of kind of pinging up and down between the details and the big picture to make sure that the two kind of come together, right? It's, it can be tempting just to kind of start with all the massive details, but then hard to get up to the big point. But equally, you want to make sure that what you're saying is correct and that you can actually yes. have points that demonstrate that and you're not trying to twist truth to fit what you're trying to say. So, Exactly. No, that's right. And, and if I, just by way of example, as a closing sort of example, when I was running a workshop recently, I asked everyone in the room what their problem was. Do they get stuck in the detail or do they have trouble getting to the detail? And it seems to me people go one way or the other, just like you mentioned there. Mm. And, you know, I'd say... 95% of people in the room were stuck in the detail. And maybe that's just because of the people mm-hmm. I was working with. But those who, who were struggling, you know, who could get that big picture quite quickly really did struggle to get in the detail. And they, they were finding that very, very challenging. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a problem that does cut both ways, as we've said. Yeah, and, and I think it depends, right? Because obviously, you know, as CEOs, you know, often a lot of CEOs, you know, have mastered a lot of this, right? They're, they've been able to kind of communicate effectively, which is where they've got to where they are. But I see often um, that doesn't always then apply when it's communicating with investors or or major accounts. Um, but also, if you think about the world of the, of, of, of the CEO, often there are people who are great at their functional disciplines, 
uh, on the mm. team who still haven't yeah. necessarily mastered that art of really getting to the point, you know, so in executive team yes. meetings. And I think creating that culture amongst your executive team is really important to be able to have proper conversations about ideas rather than spending mm. your time wading through huge and, and long updates. Huge and long decks. And look, that goes two ways again, too, if we're just bringing the hierarchy into it, where, you know, if the senior people who have that greater sense of perspective just by virtue of their position um, and their visibility in an organisation, if they can set it up so that other people understand that bigger picture, then, you know, the team mm. can provide much, much better communication too because they, they they've hooked into that that sense of perspective perfect mm. great well let's let's leave it there it's been a great uh, conversation and i'm looking forward to next time where we get into how to get the information that you need uh, to prepare these kind of powerful pieces of communication so that's yep. going to be uh, an interesting discussion i'm sure beautiful thanks again dav thank you richard great to talk to you and speak very soon bye now okay bye-bye if you've been enjoying this series, you may like some more ideas that will help you communicate with impact, especially if you're dealing with complex material. My free course, How to Communicate with Impact, does just that. In this course, I cover four areas. How to get faster, more useful responses to your communication. Secondly, how your audiences really read your communication. Thirdly, how to communicate the right amount of detail. And finally, how to communicate powerful insights that cut through. So you can access this course by using this link, www.clarityfirstprogram.com forward slash impact dash podcast. I hope you find this useful and look forward to bringing more ideas to you through our upcoming podcasts. Thanks so much and bye for now. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.